to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're on Season 5, Episode Number 10. Tonight is the Sports Edition. Today is January 8th, 2024. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Well, we've got football tonight. Basically a football episode. Yes. As we speak, the NCAA game is going on. The national title. I'm recording it in the break room. Don't tell me what's We're going on. We're not going to talk about it, but two teams undefeated are going uh, battling it out. Love that, by the way. I, I I hate you know when there's a you know a 12 and five team uh, you know makes a Super Bowl something. This is 14 and 0 against 14 and 0, both from Power Five conferences. So that's the big game going on tonight. Now, by the way, it's and two teams are going to both be Big Ten teams next year. Both will be Big Ten teams. Now, the other reason I think it's going to be very healthy for the for the businesses in Houston is that that game is going on tonight at Energy Stadium in Houston. And to kick things off Saturday for Super Wild Card, the Tennessee, I mean the Houston Texans have a home game. So the very location of the game tonight is going to be sold out once again on Saturday. So two big events in a week for Houston. A lot of football, but let's start off with the trivia question, Andy. What have you got? Here you go. As you all heard, Belichick, Coach Bill Belichick from the Patriots, they're all assuming he's retiring now. And it kind of slipped out on social media that, hey, with his loss on that last week of the season, he tied Tom Landry for most career losses. This is including playoffs and regular season. Okay. I want to know who has the most losses regular season only. Landry, longtime coach of the Cowboys and Belichick, Patriots guy. Uh, who's got more losses in the regular and, season? And I remember Belichick had those Cleveland Browns years in there. He started with Cleveland. The Jets years or so. All right, so that's the question. Who has yeah. more in the regular season only? Regular so strip season. out the playoffs, strip yes. out the preseason and the postseason losses. Okay, We'll get to that answer at the end of the episode. So let's kick things off here with their little uh, with their with their episode, Andy. Go ahead, and we'll see what we have here. I've got some things to chime in on, but I'll let you start off. All right, this will be kind of tough to say. We had the Division One football championship in Frisco, Texas, this year. Montana against South Dakota State. But first, thirteen, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Has had at least one member school qualify for the FCS championship game for record 13 consecutive seasons from 2011 till now. Wow. The next longest streak is the CAA football with five straight seasons from 06 to 10. Okay. Okay. Because remember, last year it was NDSU and SDSU. So two schools from the Missouri Valley were in there. But Missouri Valley has had at least one school. And it's either been North Coast State or South Coast State, I think, if you go back. But that's irrelevant. One conference, 13 straight years, incredible. And and that's making it to the final game. That yeah, is yeah. unreal. Um, yes, very good. Interesting. 19,512 showed up for the 2024 Division One FCS football championship game. Love it. Not a bad draw for just D1 schools, huh? Craig from Philly. Yes. And there it is, the Bison. Or, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Easy. Hit the editing. Slipped. Freudian slip. Thumper beat the Grizz 23-3. I didn't put up the box. I put up the box score without the whole line or the whole box score. Just the line score there. 
Thumper got 16 points in the third, but if you look at the numbers, it was a really close game all along. When you look at first downs, total yards, third down coverage, fourth down, it was really a tight, tight game. Just they got them when they needed it to count. They so, capitalized. Yes. So congratulations to Thumper, 15 and all, back-to-back champions. And, and Andy, they led from wire to wire was the number one ranked team when the season started. Never lost that, that spot and ended number one. That is a very tough thing to do in Division One sports, regardless of the sport. You had to bring that up. Thanks. That is unreal. I mean, you know, it's just so they've got back to back, and NDSU won a whole host of titles. I think yeah. nine. We'll get to that here. Yes, total. But uh, we'll probably get to that. But a great season by Montana. Uh, there and that season now is done. You know, the football season there is done for the FCS. Some NFL stuff. You know, you don't talk to talk until you're done. The Jaguars are three and six after they beat Pittsburgh and start getting all celebration with the terrible towels and picking on them. In fact, October 13th, 9 or 7.54 a.m., Jaguars put playoff tickets on sale. Guess who didn't make the playoffs? Just saying. Oh, yeah, it's – you don't want to go there. Now, I got no problem with what Jacksonville did being calculated. I mean, I have a little problem, but you know what? You ain't done crap in your careers as a team. Don't be talking shit. And there, now, last year they made the playoffs as one of the top seasons. They got beat right away. Right. I think they got the first round by and got beat in the divisional round, and now they don't even make the playoffs. But uh, yeah. they put up a couple good back-to-back regular seasons, but – they just fell apart at the end. Yep. Here is your playoff picture right now. The Ravens, the AFC, have the bye. So your games are going to be Bills, Steelers, Chefs, Fish, Texans, Browns. In the NFC, the Niners get the bye. Cowboys, Packers, Lions, Rams, Bucks, Eagles. Some nice matchups are all the way down in the NFC. And here's your TV schedule for it now. Saturday, AFC, Browns and Texans, 4.30 on NBC. 8.15, these are Eastern time for those of you in the East Coast, for our friends in New York. And then the second game is a night game, the Fish and the Chiefs. Sunday, three games, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Green Bay, Dallas, Rams, Lions. And then Monday night football, Eagles and Tampa. I think it's a pretty good slate. What What do you think of those uh, first round? You know, okay, I'm gonna go here. Cleveland, Texas, and the Texans. I mean, yeah, Flacco coming in from Cleveland. They're coming out of nowhere. Texas with CJ Stroud. That's gonna be just a really good game. And the Dolphins, they've fallen apart lately, and so the Chiefs. So here's two teams. They've been a train wreck the last four weeks trying to get their act together. So that should be a good game there as a football fan to watch. I have no horse in the race. I could give up two rips either way who wins these games. Yeah. Be yeah fun to watch. There will, this should be fun to watch from a fan perspective, all yep. these games. And yeah, and you know, there's going to be one or maybe two big random wild upsets that come out of nowhere on this opening weekend. Now Pittsburgh and Buffalo, and this isn't a rip, but if you're watching football on Sunday and you heard this beep, 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 that was the Steelers backing into the playoffs. Yes, yes. I mean, and then they they were the one team who needed things to happen, and they happened. 
<laughs> so they got in. And the Steelers, what was that they were at ASL? 15 straight years of a winning record for Coach Tomlin there. Yeah, he so, has he since he took over the program there, they've yep, been, yep. you know, always over 500. No, they're eight and eight one year, so they've been 500 or better every oh, year. 500 or better, yes. Yep. Uh, and that's a big, that's a still a tough thing to do yep. every single year. And Buffalo's been hot at the end here too. They were, they almost got the first round by. They here they win their division. Green Bay makes it over, and Dallas are in there. Viking fans are going to be all Cowboy fans this weekend, but are you really? Viking fans are going to have a tough time with this game. The two teams they hate the most are playing each other. Yes. And then the Rams and former Lion, Matthew Stafford, go to Detroit. So that's going to media well fun with that one. Goff and Stafford. Yep. And then the Monday night game, Eagles, who have been a tailspin in Tampa Bay, they won their division, but everybody rips on uh, the quarterback there. But you know what? They won their division. So who cares? You're division champs. First division since 1935 with every team above 500 for the AFC North. Boy. Now, the Bengals didn't make the playoffs, but four teams were, or three teams did, all four were above 500. Which got me thinking, Dan, there has been a time where four teams made the playoffs with division because they were all over 500, but there was five teams in that division in 1994. Yes. So those four made the playoffs, Vikes, Packers, Lions, Bears. Oh, my. The Bucs were 6-10, and didn't make it. Now let's relive that faithful year. Four teams make it. The wild card was a little different back then. They had to play each other. Vikings had to play the Bears. Lions had to play the Packers for the NFC. Okay. So here's how the playoffs went. Packers beat the Lions. Dolphins over the Chiefs in the AFC game. Next game, Browns over the Patriots. And the Bears crushed the Vikes. Then the next week, Steelers over Browns. Niners beat the Bears. Cowboys over Packers, Chargers, Dolphins in a tight one. So NFC or the North was out. Niners and Chargers advance on the Super Bowl. The Niners beating the Chargers. Stan Humphrey and the Chargers. Yes. So just wanted to relive that for y'all there. For the first time in NFL history, all three Lake Erie teams, Bills, Browns, Lions, have made the playoffs in the same season. Hmm. Which is, you know, the Bills were bad for a while, and so were the Browns, and the Lions have always been bad until recently, except for 93. But, you know, the Browns made it, but not the Bills. Okay, this kind of bothered me a little bit here. Everybody's hero says he's going to continue to ball out. I take it that means he's going to try. I don't know what ball out means. <laughs> but um, if you're so damn good, J.J., the jet plane, you kind of sucked ass the last four or five weeks. So, yes, who the quarterback is makes the receiver. There's not many receivers that can make any quarterback look good, but a quarterback can make any receiver look good. And I think Kirk Cousins proved that with you, sir, because you've had three other quarterbacks who you couldn't do a damn thing with. 
So let's just relax on who you think you are. I think <clears throat> I think this last end of the season with the filling quarterbacks and him cost him millions of dollars in a contract. Boy. Because if he could still put up his big fancy numbers and done his little trying to hold in a poop dance after he scores a touchdown, he could have made millions. Well, we'll see what, what's going to happen there because uh, the the rookies and the free agent guys we had it didn't really pan out. Cousins was hurt with an Achilles, and now we'll see what happens. Uh, his contract is done. Now they can you know, re-up for a two-year deal, I believe, but it's going to be quite spendy. And then maybe draft you know, a quarterback. There's a good draft class coming up this next year, but – it didn't look like the others even had really what it took, but the offensive line was a weak spot, and so it kind of made everything look bad. Yeah. The Vikings are 11th in the draft, so um, we'll see who's available when they get there. Yes. <clears throat> Here you go, Dan, your favorite part. All right, I'm going to take my notes. I know you like to note the time so you can rewatch this later. I know you enjoy doing that. I always make a note of the time so I can watch it several times. Timestamp. Oklahoma State quarterback Alan Bauman has been granted a seventh year of eligibility. I saw this. Now, here's the same guys who were in his high school recruiting class. Trevor Lawrence, Michael Par- or Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields. They all got 49, 49, 44, and 39 NFL games under the belt. <laughs> He's still in there. If you're in there for your seventh year, okay, first of all, your name would be Doctor after this long in there. And if I have my seventh straight year in NFL or an NCAA quarterback, you better own every career record there is for a quarterback. You were in there twice as long than some guys. You better own every record for most career yards, most career touchdowns, most career interceptions, most career everythings. Yeah. But they won't. And you're, well, and you're not even saying that you have to be a top-flight elite guy. Just for the fact of being there and playing there, by default, you're going to break most of those records just right. by default. Just by being there. Yes. And the sad thing is, is if you're there your seventh year and Tanner Morgan can be testified to this, there's no guarantee you're going pro. So you're just taking a spot from somebody else. Yeah, it's a you – know, the I whole think. COVID year really put a blip in the radar because – it gave that extra eligibility year to, for people to play with. And, and once that flushes out, I think we'll be back to normal. But it's And, and it's here's his weird. stats. <clears throat> here's his stats. Three years at Texas Tech, eight games, three games, eight games. Two years at Michigan, three games, four games. And four, at least he played all 14 for Oklahoma State last year. But he, he look at those numbers. Ooh, boy, you would have to fear God and a lot of people with those numbers. Your career, you've only got 49 touchdowns. That's that's nothing. I mean, you're in your seventh year. That's, I mean, you better blow these records out of the water. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, the guy, the, the Gophers are getting from the East Coast uh, had 40 touchdown passes in a single year. Um, not to say that he's some uh, big savior, but that's what Andy's talking about as far yeah. as numbers. Uh, if you're good, you're going to put up, a, profile, a prolific passer in the college is going to put up close to 40 touchdowns a year. Yep. He has 49 for a career. Um, now, I don't have the numbers here with me going back to the FCS stuff. 
there was one season the Bison did go 16-0. and I think that extra game at the beginning of the year, I think that was the year they played Iowa down Iowa and beat them or something like that. But uh, Bison have gone 15-0 a few times. They even went 16-0. So until uh, Thumper down there in South Dakota can go 16-0, 15-0 is cute. Yes. But that's what I got, Dan. That's my it's- football-only episode. That's what I got. It's good stuff. Um, you know, Jackrabbits did good two years, but just to go over what the Bison have done, I mean, it's the phenomenal numbers and the records that they put up during those dynasty years. I was going to put those numbers up, but I didn't want to take the shine away from Thumper down there in South Dakota State. It is, have their moment. It's almost unbelievable. It almost, on those those years, it, it's like it wasn't fair. Now these kids are going to the FCS to the top schools there and the programs that these schools have are unreal so it's a lot of talent well i think a lot of kids are realizing too i mean okay first of all the fcs championship game i feel bad for him because it was buried in with the last week of the nfl's games where they all mattered so it's kind of hard to get viewership so i yep. i feel sorry for that but i think a lot of these kids are realizing and you're seeing the spread in uh division one basketball men's and women's that Huh, you know, I want to play. I don't want to ride the bench at Duke just to get a championship ring. I can get just a good education at this college and play. If I'm good enough to be at Duke, I'm good enough to be at any almost other team for basketball. We'll use that as an example. So a lot of these kids are going, well, let's go to this school or that school. Well, they're elevating up this. We put the scores up on our social media. When they say, oh, here's an upset. This school beat number 13 or this school beat number eight. You're seeing that daily now all the time. So that's what makes college basketball so fun. And that's what's happening with football. A lot of these kids are going, I'm, I know I'm good at football, but you know what? I already hurt my knee once in, college, in high school. And I really want to be a, a vet or I want to be a, a tax accountant. So I'm going for my education. Football is going to pay for my education. So they'll go elsewhere to get that education. But hey, they're improving their teams. They're improving the. the yeah, it's, it's you know even this it was a Star Tribune Football Player of the Year, uh, Maxwell Woods out of Chanhassen is going D one, but it, but he's going FCS. He wants to go for the Bison, and he, he may have had other offers other places. I'm not sure, but with the transfer portal and whatnot, <clears throat> you can go there, and he could he might even be an immediate starter. But maybe you go just two years and say, look, I'll enter the portal if things go really bad or things go really good, but. I'm going to go to a place that has the education that I want somewhere close to home. Yep. It's a football program that kind of fits what I need. And I don't want to be riding the bench. I want to be an immediate starter or I want to get playing time right away. And that's going to make the decision. And now you start doing well, rather than, um, you know, being the or back. I don't, I don't know if I can handle the pressure of being the big time guy at, at major school. I'll go here. It's a little smaller. If I can still be the big fish in the little pond, then I might move up. I don't want to go straight to a Michigan or a Florida state or something for football and be average. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of those and the, and the students or the athletes, of course, they're looking at the depth chart. Who's as part of the scouting process, who who's ahead of them, who are they going to be behind? How many years are they going to sit the bench or are they going to start right away? Um, Or is the college want to get them and move them to a different position? And so, you got to take all that into consideration, but I think it'll be fun to watch Maxwell Woods with the Bison next year. Uh, yes. 
because uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Now, we've covered, Andy, a, a lot of football today, right? Yes. Well, there's one thing we didn't cover, the UFL. The UFL, let's hear it. Yeah. The draft yeah, the was stuff. this morning. Round one of their draft. How like yes. Wave two coming up later on. But and so what I was going to do today, we, we kind of at the western county, western edge of Carver County here, the leading podcast for the UFL. You know, we yes. covered a lot of USFL a couple of years, two years of XFL. Yep. Now the two have, have merged. The, basically the top four programs of the USFL are going to the Uf, UFL and the XFL top four programs are going up. They're going together. Well, what that does, Andy, we've got eight teams now that are playing and have rosters and eight teams that are left out in the dust. So they didn't, they basically got contracted. They're, they're eight, four teams in each of those leagues are zip gone away. So and that's what today's draft was, was those players, right? Yes. And so they have to put all these, it's basically a huge player pool of the teams that didn't get picked up to advance to this UFL now, because they're going to stay with eight teams. They may expand down the road, but, uh, Right now it's eight teams, so you've got to find your place on a roster. So the first thing they did was have the immediate eight teams that got selected to play in the UFL select 42 guys in the roster that they're going to protect. So all the teams went through and protected their 42 guys. They only have rosters of 50 to begin with is what I like better than the NFL. It's a little smaller, but it's 50. They have to protect 42. So you got 42 protected. <clears throat> now – Everyone goes in the player pool that was on those other four teams because they don't have homes. They essentially right. don't have jobs. Uh, they're basically unemployed, these other players. So they had a draft on January 5th, uh, January 5th, 20 rounds that the players, I mean, the teams, this new eight of these, the new eight teams had a chance to select an additional 20 players via this draft. When it came to them, they also could have said, no, thanks. We'll skip it and wait till the next pick. And so you most you could pick was 20. So they had that round, which is called the dispersal, the dispersal draft of dispersing the top players of the teams that were no longer. So they had that on the 5th of January. And so 127 players were selected for that. The protected group, eight teams times 42 players is 336 people on a roster. They've added now 127 with the dispersal draft means there's 463 people really have jobs now, the rosters are starting to fill up. What they'll do next week on the 15th is all the remaining people that didn't get picked up or the teams or the players that were unprotected from the teams that are still there, the remaining, I don't want to call it the lower end of the pool, but there's still probably some talent out there. Yep. Uh, those guys all go into a pool, and on January 15th, they'll have one more draft to pick up the, uh, to kind of fill out their teams of those guys. After that's done, the very next day, the 16th of January, is going to be a true free agent draft, meaning if you played and set foot on the field in 2023 on the XFL or USFL but were later cut, your team went away, you didn't get drafted in one of the first two dispersal drafts, or you weren't protected, you're still hanging out there, you have a chance then to get picked up on January 16th. And then after that, it's open to the you know open to the public. If you're a college guy, you can say, "Hey, I'd like to play in the draft." But they have to get they have to give these guys the first shot, the first priority right. because they were part of it. So they're going to get they're going to thin the herd out by using those players. When it's all said and done, the rosters have to be at 75 players. I think by the middle of February or uh, middle of March, 75 players. So they'll fill them all up. Then they've got to cut them back down to 50 for opening day. Uh, 
50 players on a team. So now there'll be everything will all be consolidated in, you know. So so right now there's they'll have these dispersal drafts to go through and and pick yeah. up these players. They're kind of keeping it just with guys from their own league, so that's kind of neat. Just too. from the leagues. They're getting the first that's dips. Good. And then okay. if you played in the XFL or the USFL in the last year or two, you can also get put your name in the hat to get picked up. Not that you will. And then after that is open to the free agent uh, altogether. Because there's guys going to be graduating in the spring now. The NFL draft is April. And so the top flight players will go there. The USFL and the XFL players have got to get picked up here in between from the old league. And then the college guys that don't make it uh, may get a chance to enter into the spring league next year. But they're going to have to basically wait a whole season. They'll be they'll be too late if they don't yep. get picked up in the NFL. They'll have to wait till the following draft in the in the UFL. But that's what it's called now. They've kept the USFL website up for merchandise. You can buy things historical stats the xfl website is up you can buy things and they have historical stats but there's a new those website went away by their stuff those the new website is the ufl it's called the ufl.com that has the new eight teams of the ufl and there will be divisions like andy mentioned last time there's an xfl division with four teams usfl division with four teams they're going to play a 10 game season like before five home five away they're not doing anything in the pods or centralized location. They're all going to have their home games. I so look you play to, everybody. You play a division twice and everybody else. So that's yep. pretty cool. And you'll actually be playing on a home field, so the fans will be able to get involved, get their tailgating and everything going forward. Uh, the season tickets, I, I noticed. This is the thing I like about the UFL, UFL is that it's uh, the cost. Anyone could get in and watch and go to these games, tailgate, whatever. You can get a season ticket. You can go on a website today for the UFL and just put a $50 down payment down to say you want season tickets for a team and pay the balance later. But they average 20 bucks, I think, a game for a home. Well, and you look at you, and here's the thing where the, the league gets a bad rap is they'll play it at the University of Michigan Stadium that holds 100,000 people and 8,000 show up. Oh, see, no one's there. Well, you can see them hold 100,000 or 60,000 in these major stadiums. Play it at I mean, yes, you want to have a major cities too. Don't get me wrong, but you can play these games like, say, for say Minnesota had a team, just so most of our fans, what we're talking about, you can play the game, say, at Gopher Stadium or at, you know, Mentaka High School. I, I mean, no offense, yeah. not to that many more fans. Why not? Why they do put on the lights at the big building when no one's going to be there? I do see that when they happen at big stadiums and even a 20,000 size crowd or 15,000 people there, it looks so small and they jump on that fact that no one's there. Well, some of them have roped off the upper bowl and just say, we're selling tickets to the lower bowl. We're cutting off the end zones, you know, pack everyone in to watch the game to make it look uh, at least look, look decent. But the point of the UFL UFL is to get to these mid market cities they don't have anything else that this could be big rather than playing in the big bowl the big stadium they're going to be at uh mid-sized stadiums that hold you know 40 to sixty thousand people you know but they're not going to be that many people there which means you get a better seat of better viewing experiences as well but they're going to play in the fargo dome for crying they could Uh, you know yeah nineteen thousand at that championship game um that'd be a you know maybe you know, the XFL, what they could do, or UFL, is, you know, rotate and go on a barnstorming kind of a tour to get to these little small towns and, you know, have a game in Rochester, Mankato, and move up to Sioux Falls, uh, yep. 
you know, small towns like that to get games because people will go. These are these are still pro athletes. They're still getting paid yeah. to play. So it's an interesting thing to to uh, to look at. And so we'd like to follow it here a little bit on the show and cover some of that stuff. The other thing, Andy, uh, we haven't had much snow. So another sport no. we cover is snowmobiling, ice fishing, uh, skiing. Yeah, I know for the Montauk area, they had to cancel the dog sled races. They were have a dog sled race in Excelsior area that canceled. Um, pond hockey championships are, I'm pretty sure, going to be canceled or postponed. If they haven't officially done that yet, because you can't even get ice on your driveway right now, let alone lake to hold people on. So. Yeah, and you know today is the eighth of January. Typically, in Minnesota, the lakes are frozen, the, the swamps, the creeks, the ponds. Everything's solid by this time. They're out, out ice fishing, so they can they can afford to have the pond hockey event with all these pond hockey outdoors to play. And even if it's cold, they're going to still going to do it. But you have to bundle. Even if it's warm, it may yeah. be slushy, but you're still playing. If there's no ice, there's there's the risk, and so. It's it's tough. The uh, the sports in the state of Minnesota and uh, and basically all the upper states, I think they're all dealing with this odd mm-hmm. year this year um, that there's nothing really freezing, nothing getting cold. There's no snow now. Recreational it, things too, like snowmobiling. What's that? Recreational stuff, yes. like snowmobiling, cross country skiing, and that. You can't even so do that. when there's no snow, you can't do any of those things. There's people sitting on snowmobiles. There's trails set up that put you know uh, local groups put in hours uh hundreds of hours of putting in trails that are ready to go whether there's snow or not and now they sit empty now in the spring they got to go pull all those trails out and those signage and everything out of those uh snowmobile trails uh carver county alone has 81 miles of trails that are not being used can't be used right now so they need sports like that need the snow the local bars and restaurants uh need the snow because it brings in all those all those fans so it is a hit on the economy pond hockey brings in a lot of money for that tournament and the kids and teams come in from all over the states and countries to play in that. Yeah, so those people, like you said with your Roy Hobbs tournament, hopefully these teams for pond hockey are able to get refunds on their hotels and their travel for next year. You know. Yeah, they they fill up. I'm sure with the hotels and VRBOs and and motels and things that now they have to unbook all their trips because these events are canceled. So that's a that's a thing that goes along with the territory and the winter sports. That's that's what you get living up here that once in a while with the risk. And I don't know if there's insurance in, involved with these, with these companies, but you run the risk of things not like, like that being, you know, happening now, Buck Hill ski resorts, Lutzen, you know, you can make, you can still make snow to have right. the events cross country skiing. You, you, you're, you're, you're risking it. Now yeah. this coming weekend is the snowmobile snow cross at Canterbury where they, make snow and have a, a NASCAR type of race with all the, with the various heats that they have to uh, proclaim the winner and stuff. They will make snow there for that event because it's a closed course thing. And so I think a lot of people go to an event like that, but the rest of the snow or winter activity sports, it's, it's tough. You know, I think we'll end up getting snow, but it's, it's basically, it's a four month season that you've already lost a month or a month and a half already. And it's going to be more. So it'll be interesting. We had so much snow last year, and now we can't. Well, last year was, I think, the record or one of the top yeah. ever in the Minnesota state. So it was so much overabundance, and now we're getting underabundance. Um, but it it impacts uh, everybody. You could get a good deal, I think, on a snowmobile next year on a 2024 model that's unopened in the box. Yeah. It hasn't even been cracked open yet. 
next year at this time for a very good rate. So you can still benefit, but uh, the businesses, it's a tough thing. So Helmets, snow pants, gloves, the whole nine yards. All the apparel, the, the clothing, yeah. and all those things, it all goes hand in hand. So uh, we'll keep more posted on that. I'll provide some updates on that snow cross. I'm going to be going to that on Saturday to, to get my winter fix. Uh, I've never done that before, but I'm going to check that out. Can I get the shakes from that snowmobiling yet? Do you get like the shakes from all the day? Yes, a, a little bit. Kind but it, uh, it, it is a lot of, and you read posts on social media where people just have nothing. The people that are into this stuff and into the sports like that, they have nothing to do. You know, they don't have really anything to fall back on. So they're twiddling their thumbs. And so I think other things that are indoors, uh, you know, high school hockey, they're all indoors. Uh, you can watch right. a lot of hockey. Uh, maybe you don't make a lot of. Uh, games when you're busy with other things, and now you end up making a lot of games. Uh, yeah, but yeah. go see your niece or nephew play hockey now, or basketball, or something. Now <clears throat> that's what's uh, getting uh, a lot of attendance is those types of things because there's nothing else to do outside. But that is it. We'll hope for some more snow. But anyway, that's our football program for tonight. I got the trivia answer here for you. Here we go. Belichick tied Landry for career losses, playoff and regular season. Okay. Of the two. If it is one of those two, has the most regular season losses. Here we go. According to my friends at Google. All right. Belichick reached 178 career losses, tying Tom Landry. Belichick has lost 165 regular season games and 13 playoffs. Landry 162 regular season, 16 playoffs. So Belichick has more regular season losses. He has the record. If there was a regular season man. record, he is the man for losses. For losses, but that okay, to a point though, that's a good thing. That's a that's a great career. Yeah, you got to be around for you know. It's like Ay with the Mets. Anthony Young years ago lost twenty games as a pitcher in a season. You got to be doing something right to still get twenty losses. You and you're still you're still managing a team for Belichick, even though you're losing. Uh, you have a lot more wins. Uh, That's four even... losses a year for 20 years, or whatever. You know, or he had those crappy years with the Browns and the Jets. So you know, but and Landry, same thing to be around so much with the shorter schedule. I think even they were playing 14 games when he 12, was 14 games when he started. A smaller playoff less, field. There's no bye week. There's less games. Uh, less playoffs games too for Landry. Yeah. So Belichick has a record. Okay, I did not know that. So congratulations, Coach Belichick. And he may even be around, right? His contract is up or not. Uh, he's done. He's not He's not coaching in New England. He's not coaching the Patriots next year. Oh, he is. Okay, I did not know that. He he's may come back. I've heard some people say the Chargers. Because um, he only needs a handful of wins to get most career wins, too. I did not look that number up because. I think he will come back. He needs a couple more years to get that for wins. Um, and, and again, the man's old. He don't want to be standing up in that cold anymore. He'll be a San southern Diego, Tampa, Jacksonville, an indoor town, uh, indoor dome, or southern Jacksonville, area. San Diego, something like that. He'll be going to not. I say Jacksonville. I don't have any poop on that. But Coach Peterson doing a good job there. But you pissed away a season like he did this year. I'd be checking my mail. I'm not wanting to answer my phone. If I saw Tony Khan's name come up my caller ID, I'd be scared. Well, uh, super wild card weekend coming up. Enjoy the games, everyone. That's all we've got here for this week. One more note about football class real quick. They do not reseed per se in football, but the lowest seed will play the team with the bye. So I can't – that's why they don't know the schedules for a second week. Okay. Yet. 
So lowest seed will play the team with the bye. And then, guys, go from there. So. Okay. Fair enough. All right, sounds good. Have a good week. See ya.